to TV Sports. Tosh and Jerry podcast is back. And today it's our Masters preview, the best golf tournament in the world. Players are teeing off from Augusta, Georgia. We're going to be sharing who we like, what to make of the fall edition of the Masters, along with our college football takes. I've got some hot takes after last week. And uh, some football, too, of course, in the middle of this NFL season. It's going along smoothly. Uh, Jerry, it's, it's good to talk to you today. Yeah, man, it's so exciting the Masters is finally here. We've got a great guest today, Drew, my buddy, my pal, college roommate for three years. Uh, I watched the Masters with him many years in a row. How are we doing today, bud? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited to finally be on here. I feel like it's long overdue. Definitely long overdue. Two TV sports is was born in the uh, Jerry and Drew household there at, uh, what was it, Eight, <laughs> 1888 Harris Street, Eugene, Oregon. So, uh, yep. apartment pumped, six. Yep. Pumped to be talking to, uh, to Drew and Jerry today. Felt like today was the perfect pod. You got the Masters, you got a big Ducks victory, uh, and, and of course, college football and, and NFL. So, uh, Let's get let's get to the Masters coverage, um, Drew. We're all big golf fans here. We love the Masters. Uh, kind of give us your thoughts on the uh, fall edition of the Masters here before we share our pick. I kind of love it, actually. I think the course is looking beautiful. Uh, all the colors there. Uh, I am excited to finally watch some good golf. I like that. I'm excited as well. It's going to be different for sure. The, the flowers, the colors are definitely going to be different because the flowers aren't blooming like the spring and the azaleas that we're all used to seeing. Uh, I guess more, more stuff on the ground, but they keep it pretty, pretty well kept there in Augusta. Um, it's supposed to be pretty wet though, Tosh and Drew, like the first day of play on Thursday and maybe even a little bit into Friday. And so I think that's, that's definitely going to hinder uh, some golfers. Yeah, I think it, that might actually uh, help some of them. I think just because like the course isn't going to be playing hard, they're going to be able to gun at those pins, and the balls are going to stick. Um, and and that's why I kind of went with one of my picks. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, yeah. So before we get to those picks, though, and you mentioned some guys, you know, might be able to attack the pin. I wanted to throw it out there that we've heard a lot of talk about Bryson DeChambeau like this whole season, and you know, he's one of the favorites to going into this tournament. But I actually had a take on him real quick that I don't like his chances at all because his his strategy is just to bomb it as far as he can off the tee, like 50 yards past everybody else in that like 390, 380 range. Um, and, but then he's looking at a really short gameplay between like his wedges or even like his low irons or his long, uh, short irons. Um, and that's kind of the weak spot of his game. So I get that he wants to get as close to the pin as possible, but I really hate the way his, his gameplay is going into it. And then another storyline is too, they don't allow uh, like the greens, the, the green books on in uh, Augusta national. So Bryson, the head games that he likes to play, he won't have that all available to him. And so you're going to have to read the putt by feel, which is not his strong suit as well. I kind of disagree with that, Jerry. I think that uh, the Augusta hasn't necessarily been like long ball proof. Uh, like some of these other courses that have just been designed for guys who are hitting it like 350 off the tee. Uh, and I think he might be able to take advantage of some of these shorter holes. I saw he hit like, I think he hit like a nine iron in the, 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 uh, par five, 15 and two, where a lot of guys have been hitting like five woods into that. So it's going to be, it's definitely going to be interesting to see, uh, like w- what he looks like on this course. Uh, so I got Mr. Ricky Fowler plus 7,000 on DraftKings, 66 to one odds. Uh, I think he's electric. Uh, I think it's finally his time to be on top and get that green jacket. 
And uh, I would just love to see him, you know, finally win this. Dude, I'm, I'm mad. In 2018. I'm mad that I let so. you go first on this one because I also have Ricky Fowler as my long. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is the perks and the cons of uh, not revealing it before the pod. Uh, yeah, dude, I totally agree with you. He generally plays well at the Masters. He's 30-31 now. Uh, still hasn't won one. Like, he's got to at some point. If you're looking at a long shot, I think he's still, like, well within striking distance. And, yeah, he has that runner-up finish at the Masters. I see no reason that if you're looking at some some pretty long shots, he's he's our guy here. Yeah, I disagree with you guys. Um, sorry about that. But I don't think uh, – I don't, I don't know if, if uh, this year is the year for him. I mean, he's a good putter, but he just never gets over the hump. And uh, the guy I went with in, in group three – uh, it would be Francesco Molinari plus 9,000 uh, via the, the Vegas Insider.com odds on, on uh, the 2TV Sports Instagram. And, and Molinari, I don't know if you guys remember, I guess it was, it, it's almost two years ago at this point, but um, he almost won last year's Masters and uh, kind of choked it away at the end. And I think he's, uh, he plays well at Augusta. I like the odds on that. And, uh, and I'm going with Molinari. Yeah, I hate that one out of you. Kind of like you hate the Ricky Fowler one out of us. Uh, I think that a guy like Molinari, while he's pretty good, his big chance at the Masters at this grand tournament, you know, the best one in golf, in my opinion, and I think a lot of pro golfers, he had a shot last year. He came in second, gave a hell of a run against Tiger, and then he choked it away on the back nine, hit it into the water, as we all remember. You know, Tiger took the lead and didn't look back. Uh, And so I think that this field is so top-heavy and I just don't see him putting in two back-to-back good years at, at Augusta National. So for me, I'm not looking at Molinari at all. I don't think he's going to play that well. Yeah, I, I would disagree with that, but we'll see. And, and uh, my, let me give you my golfer in group two. Um, I think you might like this one a little bit more, Gary. Uh, Adam Scott, plus 4,000. I think he, he's won the Masters before. He, he was playing, he's been playing pretty well. Um, I think he's he's got good experience out there, and uh, I didn't. A lot of people are going to go with Tiger in this group. Tiger hasn't been playing, and when he's played, he's been pretty bad. Yes, he won the Masters last year. I don't see it for him this year. Um, I was considering Rose and uh, Matthew Wolf. I think Wolf could could be pretty good this tournament, but I like Scott. I think he's a he's a vet and uh, he plays well at Augusta. So, uh, and you like this one, Jerry? Yeah, I actually do like this one a lot. Adam Scott, pretty well-rounded. I think if he you know, keeps it pretty consistent and doesn't make too many critical errors, he could be there. Um, I see less of a downside in him rather than a high upside with him. But the guy that you mentioned at the very end of uh, yours part there was Matthew Wolf, and that's actually the guy I'm riding with. I like him a lot. He's looked great on tour this year. Um, I think actually the no fans might help him more than anybody because he's just out of college where they didn't have as many fans. Um, not that it's really advantageous for anybody, you know, it sucks that golf doesn't have all the patrons. Um, but this is kind of, I'm looking at it like the young guy who's looking to get his first master's win, kind of like Spieth had, um, when he was so young winning, uh, at, uh, the masters. So I really like the Matthew Wolf play and don't hate Adam Scott in that grouping as well. Uh, Drew, before I get to you, the tiger point, I kind of like what you said there. He won it last year. Um, everyone likes to think that tiger's going to win it every single year, but he has only won five masters. And I say only just to remind everybody that he can't win it every year. Um, and it's also in the fall. And so we know that tiger's back is very weather dependent. It looks like it's going to be warm enough where it shouldn't tighten up, but still he hasn't 
been playing super well leading up to the tournament. Um, we know he was in great form last year, so I don't, I'm not liking Tiger's chances this year. I love that you guys are both going against Tiger right now because that is 100% my pick. <laughs> you talk about experience, Tosh. I mean, come on now. I, it's just, it's, I know I understand what you guys are saying, but I mean, it's Tiger Woods, and if I'm going to throw someone in this group, it's got to be Tiger Woods. <laughs> and I love my odds even more, especially because you guys don't like them. So I'm going to fade both of you. Plus 4,500, Tiger Woods. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't love the pick, but I like the uh, the theory behind the pick. I mean, it is Tiger Woods, and you never know what, what he's got in the back pocket there. So, uh, oh, I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm going to be rude to the guy. It's awesome to see Tiger do great. Uh, I just, that's not where my money's headed this year. Uh, all right, guys, before we get to our big reveal of the group one picks, you know, the heavy favorites, let me just give you some candidates out there who we're looking at to really dominate this tournament. Bryson DeChambeau, we know he bombs off the tee. Dustin Johnson, one of the best in the world when he's at the top of his game. John Rahm, Drew, I know we both love him at, on an absolute tear this year. Rory McIlroy, looking to get that elusive green jacket. Justin Thomas, well-rounded. Xander Shoffley, looking to finally put everything together. And then the last but not least, Brooks Kepka, hungry as ever, looking like he's not injured anymore. So, Drew, who do you got out of this heavy favorite to take the green jacket? Sherry, I'm going with their boy, John Rahm. As you said, you know, he's on fire right now. And uh, I know you guys saw the clip of that whole one. I was going to mention And that. that got me gassed up. <laughs> that was, that was dope. That got me absolutely gassed up. <laughs> what a ridiculous shot that was. But no, like you said, he's on fire. I love the guy. And he's my pick. If you like haven't that. seen that shot, go find it. Yeah. He skims it off the water, rolls along the green, hole in one. Absolutely incredible. Um, it should set up for a great tournament for him. I love him. Going to be rooting for him as well. Uh, but my guy from group one is actually going to be kind of surprising. I'm going with Justin Thomas out of this group. I think that he's at going to the prime of his career. He's been looking great the last couple of weeks on tour. Um, he has some nice touch around the greens. His short game's looking pretty decently. Not the longest driver, but I think that if he figures it all out, keeps it consistent, I think he has a great chance to shoot low uh, in the rain the first couple of days. He had a good couple of weekends uh, previously in the Masters. His big issue was the first couple of days. So. If he can figure it out through this trying weather and stay with the rest of the field at the top, he doesn't have to outdo everybody on Friday. He just has to be there on Saturday and Sunday. So Justin Thomas, I'm taking to win the Masters. Yeah, uh, I'm not a huge fan of that one, Jerry. I think Thomas, um, he has played really well. He's won a ton of uh, PGA events, but in the majors, he's only won one and seems to disappoint a little bit. But um, And I think he puts a little bit too much pressure on himself. I honestly like uh, everyone in this group other than Thomas and McElroy. Um, but I, I have a pick that I don't think you're going to like too much, Jerry. Um, and I'm going with the uh, the favorite here, Bryson DeChambeau. Guy's a, yeah. guy's a such a long hitter. He's, he's uh, going to overpower the course. He's going to be hitting gap wedges and, and sand wedges into these greens. They're going to be playing soft. The greens aren't going to be too fast for him to handle. And I think he's just going to overpower Augusta. And if I had to put my money on any one dude to win this thing, I'd, I'd say DeChambeau is my guy. If you're going to take a, like that TikTok. if you're going to take a long hitter, uh, that's going to play this course aggressively. Give me Brooks Kepka between Bryson and Brooks in that feud. Uh, I know Brooks hasn't looked healthy, but he rolls out of bed on the days of the major and is right there at the end. So he, he's definitely hungry for that green jacket as well. Um, like I, I think we have very different viewpoints on how DeChambeau is going to play at the Masters. I think that's really interesting. That I think 
his style of play is going to hurt him this week, and you think it's going to help him a bunch. Uh, so far, so good for him, but between those two, I'm taking Brooks. And then, Drew, we'll get to yours. I haven't mentioned DJ yet. If he's playing even remotely how we saw him play between the battle of him and John Rahm, uh, or I guess you did mention John Rahm. Sorry, Drew. Um, but we haven't. none of us have mentioned DJ, and I think we're sleeping on this guy. I mean, he's always near golf's number one, if not number one. Um, and his game pretty much suits the Masters court, like Augusta National. The only thing is, Tosh, I know we've talked about a bunch, that he chokes it away in the end. So that's, you know, I think why none of us have the money on him to win it this year. Yeah, I like him. Uh, I think I'm not sleeping on DJ. I think he'll be up there. But um, I just like, I like Bryson a little bit more. Drew, Drew do you like the uh, Bryson pick, or what are your thoughts on him? I, I, I do like the Bryson pick. I just I like a guy that bombs the ball like that. I think he's got a moxie about him. Uh, I just like the guy in general. He's the heavy favorite, so I, I do I'm like that pick. That, uh, that Drew backs me up on that one, because I think, I think he's got a good shot. Um, but, all right, so there are picks. Um, we'll be following along on, on the 2TV Instagram. Check that out because uh, everyone's picks will be up there and you'll be able to follow it. Top three get money. So uh, should be good. Anything else on the Masters, boys? It's going to be different in the fall. I'm really excited to see it and hoping we get a, a, another Masters really soon in April, uh, soon after for you know the normal spring edition. Yeah, I'm pumped for that as well. Um, let's get to college football here. I've got some. I've got a lot of college football takes, gentlemen. Um, and last week, you, everyone saw I had Clemson as my lock of the week minus six, and I had Florida as my upset over Georgia. And that Florida pick hit. Stenson Bennett's an absolute bum, and uh, I think everyone knows that. I think that at this point, but uh, he's just not a good quarterback. Florida took care of business, uh, beat them. Florida's pretty legit, and uh, I was glad that I picked uh, that game. Guys, what are your thoughts on uh, Drew? What's your what are what are your thoughts on the pick and then that game? Yeah, I think that was a good pick. Uh, Florida hadn't beaten Georgia previously since 2016, and you never know with these specialty games like the, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Uh, you just never know. But yeah, Florida's legit. Unfortunately, I didn't I didn't get to watch uh, a lot of that game, so I can't speak too highly on it. But I know I had a couple buddies that were also very high on Florida. And so I, I, loved, I love the pick. So that game is the one that I was most excited to watch last week. And it was a bloodbath, Tosh, just as I expected. What I didn't expect was how high scoring it was. Um, I said, if anything, take the under in that game. And by the first quarter, I mean, it was headed well towards the over. Um, super entertaining. You're right about Stetson Bennett. Congrats there. Um, as far as your Clemson-Notre Dame one, I, I mean, even though Notre Dame won that game uh, in OT, I mean, it wasn't like a definitive win, especially without Lawrence. I know DJ, he's looking looking good. So I don't know what to make of that game necessarily. I think they match up again, and we'll see what happens there. But Tosh, I wanted to ask you about this Florida and then Clemson-Notre Dame dynamic because Florida looks now like they have the clear edge to play Alabama. We just had a game canceled in the SEC championship game. Um, So what happens, let's say, if Florida beats Alabama, they both have one loss, and then Clemson beats Notre Dame. So you have... All these teams, four teams right there, uh, you know, bidding for those college football playoff spots. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely an interesting thing to think about. Um, 
first of all, I just want to say Clemson's defense is fucking god awful, and I don't know how Notre Dame put up forty-seven <laughs> points against Clemson when they only put up twelve points against Louisville. Like, how does that happen? But anyways, um, back to your question, Jerry. I think if if uh, Florida beats Bama, I think Florida deserves a spot. Um, the interesting part about that is Texas A&M beat Florida already, so it would be a one-loss Texas A&M, a one-loss Florida, with Texas A&M beating Florida. But uh, I I do think that uh, Florida gets in at that, and and uh, Alabama doesn't just because they don't win their um, conference, and Alabama should be winning that game. And if they don't, they don't deserve a spot. I think um, in terms of the Notre Dame Clemson one, that is super interesting as well, just because like. If if Clemson does beat Notre Dame, then Clemson wins the conference. Notre Dame has shown that they can compete with the best. I, I don't even know if Clemson's the best, but I guess they're ranked the best. But uh, Notre Dame's shown that they can compete with them, and so I think both of those teams might have to get in if, if Clemson wins. Especially so it kind of depends on it depends then I guess on how that ACC championship games go. Like if it goes and it's close uh, within like three to seven points. Uh, and Clemson wins, and I think maybe you do put both Clemson and Notre Dame and let them have another shot at it. Um, and then I guess what else do you do with Texas A&M too? Because they beat uh, was it uh, Georgia or Florida? They beat, they beat Florida, right? So they beat Florida, and Florida could potentially be Alabama, um, and so that's like a really interesting dynamic too. And so I guess there's a bunch of open spots still. If, you know, if we only have now Ohio State penciled in and not Clemson and Alabama like we thought we did. Um, I don't know how much room there is left for our ducks in the Pac-12 because yeah. I was looking at their schedule, Tosh, and you know we look good against Stanford, but they were playing a backup quarterback, and we don't actually play anybody that's that we should be losing to, and if we lose them, we definitely shouldn't be there. Yeah, well, one thing I wanted to say before I turn it over to Drew for his thoughts is um I'm not convinced that Clemson's going to beat Notre Dame in the ACC championship anymore. Clemson's defense is horrible, and uh, they can't run the ball. So I don't really know how good Clemson really is. And um, I wanted to propose that to Drew. Uh, Drew, as someone who, who has, is a huge college football fan and, and been following your entire life, do you think that uh, Clemson's like actually a legit team this year? Are they a top, you know, a top team in college football? I, I honestly, I think it's hard to say otherwise. I don't think they've shown that they aren't. Uh, you know, losing in double overtime without, you know, your stud quarterback. I don't think that says a top. Um, I agree their defense is not definitely not great. Uh, but I still think that they're one of the top teams. And I think if they win the ACC championship, I feel like they should be in. Yeah, the yeah. winner of the ACC championship is, is definitely going to be in. It's just... A matter of how that game actually, you know, plays out and how much the losing team, whether it's Notre Dame or Clemson, loses by. If they get blown out, then clearly they shouldn't be in the playoff. But if it's close, you know, there's an argument that two teams from the ACC gets in this year. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it's going to be close, and I could see, uh, I could see Notre Dame winning that game, and and I, I just don't know if Clemson's that good. Uh, let's talk Ducks for a minute, though. Here, you brought it up. This week, I think, uh, is kind of a tough game at Washington State. It's going to be freezing. Washington State's quarterback is pretty good. But uh, I like the Ducks. Cristobal, he's the best coach in the Pac-12. I told all my Duck fan friends this. Um, and everyone questioned me. 
And and uh, Cristobal's proven to be a really good coach, and uh, the Ducks are legit. I think Chuck is good too. Yeah, Cristobal is the goat. I do agree with that. And I was really curious to see how Chuck would do in this game, and he came out and he played very well. He was making the good throws, uh, making big plays when we needed him to. Uh, I know Stanford had some guys down and their kicker had some troubles, but I still am very optimistic about the Ducks this season. I think they're still going to be good. Yeah, so agree with all of what you guys said there. Yeah, Tasha, you were right about Cristobal. Um, happy for you. We were uh, took some more time to be convinced there. But, yeah, I mean, we shouldn't have lost the Stanford team. We didn't. You know, we took care of business. Washington State has been a thorn in our side in the last throughout the last five years. But Mike Leach isn't there anymore, so it's a whole new ball game. We'll see what happens. I don't expect to lose that game. I don't expect to lose any of the regular season games. And then it looks like we're potentially pacing off against USC in the Pac-12 championship, but they didn't look great against Arizona State. I mean, they have some time to figure it out and get better um, before we face that matchup. So, you know, it's just must-win every single week like it should be in college and happy to see it being competitive again. Yeah, for for you Pats fans, I got a question. Uh, how, how good would Tyler Shuck look in a Pats uniform next season? So he's not he's not coming out of college, I don't think. I don't think he's leaving Oregon after this year. Yeah. Um, and even if he were, I just don't see us taking him in the first round anyways. Um, we're probably going to draft an alignment or whatever. Um, I do want to get to us. Like, I mean, Let's just get to it here, actually. The Pats and the Jets on Monday night. God-awful game. God, yeah, um, that was horrible to watch. It was, it was all over Twitter. Whether, you know, if you're a Pats fan, do you want them to win and you know, have some pride in the team? Um, you know, lose this game and actually improve our draft stock. Uh, you know, I went back and forth on this, but I, you know, at the end of the day, this season, we're not winning the Super Bowl. And that's just what it is. Um, even with, you know, even if Cam did play better and with the greatness of Bill Belichick, we had so many opt-outs. Edelman's hurt. Not that, you know, he would have been the difference maker necessarily, but Cam just doesn't look super great. And at the end of the day, since we're not going to win it all, why not improve our draft, you know, our draft status? Um, I, yeah, I never want to lose to the Jets, but honestly, like, if we're barely scraping by the Jets at three points and celebrating the way we did after that, I mean, I'm not really opposed to tanking this season for, for a little bit better top ten positioning in the draft. Uh, yeah, Jay, I agree with what you're saying there. Um, however, I just have a little bit more pride than that. I think the Jets are the laughing stock of the season this year. And you just, you got to beat the Jets. So for this game, as horrible as it was, I'm glad that we ended up winning. Uh, even if, you know, we don't improve our draft stock enough or at all for that. I was on the pride bandwagon on that one. I just, there's yeah, no you, way we could lose. You guys can't be losing <laughs> to the Jets. Now it's time that you guys start yeah. losing. But yeah, you can't lose to the Jets this season. That's a pretty big embarrassment. But uh, I mean, that game's yeah. embarrassing anyways. But yeah, I, I see your bad. point. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Listen, if we lose to the Jets, it's embarrassing. We win against the Jets, it's embarrassing because we don't blow them out. I think either way, our season's screwed. So doesn't make too much of a difference. Yeah. Um, one more thing on college football. I just have a take I need to to tell you guys, uh, and then we'll go to the NFL, but uh, can we please move the college football playoff back a few weeks? Like, why? I don't see the, the reason this thing needs to be done in early January. Like, why not push it back a few weeks, give everyone a few weeks to make up some of these games, and uh, either play the college football, play like the first round of the playoff bef- between the, uh, the week before the Super Bowl where there's no NFL, and then play the championship game two weeks later, after the Super Bowl, do the selection date, like, 
after Christmas and let these teams play all the way up until Christmas time, get in more games, make more money for everyone. Like, why does this college football playoff need to be done in early January? Because of Mark Emmert and the NCAA. It's just what they want, what they decided arbitrarily. It sucks, dude. We, you're absolutely right. We should push it back. Have some rooms for, you know, COVID bye weeks or weeks that you need to take off, like this Alabama-Maryland game that got canceled. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be more ca- cancellations in the Pac-12. And, you know, expand the playoff to eight teams. Even if it's just for 2020, you know, we want it to be every single year that we expand it. But this year, of all years, makes sense to push it back and expand it to eight teams. I see no reason they shouldn't do it. Yeah, I love that idea. Yeah, and can we just give a quick shout-out to Rob Manfred? I know everyone loves to rag on him, but at least he, you know, got a little bit creative and got and listened to the two TV boys and got some of the rules we wanted implemented into, into uh, baseball this season. So, uh, yeah, NCAA commissioners, uh, take a listen to this pod, and uh, you'll have some success for, its, for the season. Um, but, yeah, let's go to NFL. And since we were talking about the path, and I got two path pins on this pod, I wanted to take a minute to hype up Josh Allen. Josh Allen's one of the best QBs in the NFL. The Bills are legit. They pulled off a huge win against the Seahawks. I've been hyping them up all season as the best team in the, in the uh, AFC East. And, uh, yeah, the Bills are good. And uh, I'm tired of hearing people not say that they're good because they just beat the Seahawks. Uh, yeah, Tosh, so I had some notes from that game right here, and the first one is in all caps. It says, Josh Allen is back. I uh, <laughs> I love Josh Allen. I do, even though he's on the Bills. Uh, yeah, so I agree. He started off red hot, and then he kind of started to slow down a little bit, And uh, but he's back. The Bills and Josh Allen are back, and I agree. And Stephon Diggs is a stud. Dude, this is classic West Coast, East Coast team. The Seahawks are traveling for that early 1 o'clock game to the Bills on the road. They show up, and they get down early, and they just can't dig themselves out of the hole. I mean, we know what the Bills are. They're good, not great. And their defense isn't even as good as it was last year and the year before that. So, I don't know. Their offense is definitely must improve. One thing that stood out to me is Jamal Adams, dude. This man gets burned every single week now. He's talking about, oh, I'm the top safety in the league. Get me out of New York. He's getting the arguments on the Seahawks sideline. Like, this dude's getting burnt. They, on on uh, the pass game on Monday night, they showed Edelman scorching this man. I mean... What the hell? Like, you're supposed to be one of the top guys in the league. The Seahawks defense, I used to think it was going to come together, gel, make my pick look even better, be even more hype about the Seahawks. Bruh, like, come on, Seahawks. Figure it out. Make me look bad on my lock of the week. Um, <laughs> I'm still not a believer in the Bills. Like, I get it. Josh Allen, you know, has good games. But, you know, they're good, not great. Just keep that in mind. Yeah, the uh, you're right about the uh, the West Coast, East Coast. But I think, like, a good team, you know, takes advantage of that and wins a game like they did. And Josh Allen, like, he throws some dimes. And I think Drew's right that Josh Allen is back. And this week they play Arizona. Got a little bit more on that later. Uh, Drew, wanted to get your take on uh, Brady and the Bucks. Like, the whole thing, are they, like, legit? Is he, is he going to win, like, three Super Bowls there? And, and uh, people are going to forget about his Pats legacy? Or uh, are they fool school? Uh, so my thing about this is that I don't I don't want to be on the wrong side of Brady he's proven time and time again whenever you say he's done or you know this is it that it's just not it uh and as bad as that game looked for him as horrible as it was I I want I almost want to call it not a fluke but just all credit to the Saints for that one I'm not sure about three Super Bowls there but I think come playoff time they have a good chance which I'm sure we'll get into later 
Uh, but yeah, I just think all credit to the Saints for that game. I don't think he's done. I still think he has a lot of weapons on offense, and I'm not too worried about Brady. Yeah, I like that take, man. The Saints definitely, like, hats off to them. They made the perfect game plan, as we clearly saw, not giving up any points there. Um, but we saw Antonio Brown, you know, they had played together for one game on the pads against the Dolphins. It's not like their defense was that great last year. Um, and we saw Brady, like, completely overthrow Antonio Brown because Antonio Brown hitched back. Um, and they just don't have, like, their timing down yet. I think that gets self-worked out. Godwin was just coming back. The weird part to me is Mike Evans has been healthy all year, and they never throw to him unless, you know, he's in the end zone. And that's weird to me because Mike Evans always open. So, Brady, check my mans out there. But uh, I don't know yet. Yeah, they just couldn't find their, a running game. Like, the Saints just bottled them up and. It's rare to see a Brady-led team get blown out like that. We did see it that one time against Alex Smith's Chiefs on uh, Monday Night Football, and that was the onto Cincinnati game. Um, we all know how that season ended up. So, yeah, I think it's way too soon to count out Tom Brady, uh, especially surrounded with the group of guys that he has this season. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been high on the Bucks all year. I think their defense is legit. At least I thought that. Um, and I walked, you know... I watched the whole Bucks Packers game and the the Bucks are the better team in that game, but that game is looking more and more like a fluke as the season goes on. Uh, I just don't really know what to make of the whole thing. Just cause like the Bucks have now lost to the bears and they've lost to the saints twice. The Packers beat the bears. Um, the bears look bad or I mean the Packers beat the saints. The bears look terrible now. Um, it's kind of all jumbled up. And uh, I don't really know what to make of the NFC, guys. I mean, I think the Saints, Packers, Bucks, and Seahawks are the top four. Um, I think the Seahawks are a little bit behind of that group. But uh, of those top three, I, I, I mean, it's hard to really know who's the best team. So the Seahawks, I, I like that you mentioned them. The difference with the Seahawks, if you're saying they're behind, is that against the Saints or any team, like they're not getting shut out like that. Their offense is just too explosive, um, which is weird because you would think the Bucks would be too, but... The Saints, like, yeah, I guess they elevated into that status now. Like, they, we didn't really know what to make of them. You know, it looked like Drew Brees didn't have the arm strength to throw like 20 plus yards. And the guy didn't even use Michael Thomas in the first game he came back. So, like, at the top of the NFC, it's so jumbled. And I think that's great because it's the one season where we're not just like, all right, like, this team is just going to roll. Um, it's so unpredictable and it's incredibly entertaining now that the Pats are uh, not as much fun to watch. No, I, I completely agree. I think, like, the Packers beat the Saints, the Saints beat the Bucks, the Bucks beat the Packers. Um, and it's just, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I, I guess whoever gets the one seed is, is going to have the advantage of, of this whole group. And I think uh, if Brees has to go on the road, uh, especially to Green Bay in, in January or Seattle in January, like, it's hard to really like the Saints' chances there, just given his background of that. Um, so I guess the one seed's going to be huge. Uh, so we'll keep our eye out on that uh, all season long. Uh, Drew, if Definitely. You had to say, and if you, and I, uh, if you had to... I forgot to mention it back in the Bills section, but uh, I want to ask you guys, Bills versus Dolphins now. The AFC East is kind of actually up for grabs now with this tour replacement. And I know I'm kind of down on the Bills, and I can't make heads or tails of who's coming out of this division at the very top. I think it's the Bills. Yeah, I agree. I'll take the Bills. They're up a game already, and uh, they're up kind of a half a game because they beat the Dolphins too. So Dolphins got some work to do, but uh, they look, two looked good. Um, two is good, I think. And uh, Drew, as a, you know, we, we all loved watching Joe Burrow 
uh, last year, and, and uh, we all loved watching Herbie, of course, for the last four years, and, and Tua as well. Um, I know you're you're you've always been high on Bama and Tua, so uh, this quarterback, this rookie quarterback class, is looking like an all timer great class, and I wanted to know your take on these guys. Uh, yeah, this class is phenomenal so far. Anyways, um, I I think. It's hard to say because Tua's only played in a couple games, but he does look good. And in that first game he played, he didn't really do anything. It was his defense. So it's it's still a little early for him, but oh, and Herbie. I mean, I think Herbie's the future of the NFL. I've been saying that for a while now. And I, I'm really excited to watch these guys throughout their whole career. And then we'll see about Tua, honestly. I, I think he's he's good. He's going to be good. But I, I still, still think it's a little too early to tell, in my opinion. So, Tosh, last week we played the game where if you took Danny Dimes, we both love and put him on another team, like, would he be better or worse? Like, how, if you take a quarterback and move their position or change their team, would they be better or worse? And so that's the game I'm playing right now with Tua, Herbie, and Burrow. Drew, I like what you said about Tua. It's a little too early to tell. But, like, let's say you switch Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. Uh, I don't think the teams are that much different. And so for that reason, like, I'm t- you can give me any one of these three quarterbacks to lead my franchise, and I'm happy with that. I think it's way too soon to be like, oh, I really want this guy over that guy, and we're just splitting hairs at this point. I don't think you can go wrong. Like, I don't see much downside in taking any of these guys. Yeah, I agree. I think if, if they all stay healthy, I think that's there's three elite quarterbacks from this class. And to do the switching teams thing, you put some, you put Herbie on the Colts, and oh, my God, they're AFC Oh, sure, sure. Like, but say, but he, same with Burrow and maybe same with Tua. Uh, I was just saying, like, if you switch Kirby and Burrow. 100%. Yeah. yeah. If you switch and those think, two guys, I think the teams are similar. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think the, uh, I think Herbie has the highest potential to be, uh, like, potentially one of the better quarterbacks in the history of the NFL if you get him with a really good coach and a good team. Like, I, the sky's the limit with that guy. Burrow, I think, is you know he's just going to be great for the next 15 years, and he might not be the best quarterback in the NFL ever, but he's going to be really good. Uh, I kind of think of him as like a Tony Romo type, maybe a little bit better. Um, and then I think Tua is uh, – he's has the least upside, but I think if he's your quarterback, he's not going to make too many mistakes. He's going to get the ball out, and uh, your offense is going to be good with, with Tua. So, I mean, Hold I really on, like but what if, what if Tua is kind of like Russell Wilson? I know I'm doing a thing with like a short quarterback, uh, but like he can scramble when he needs to. We don't see Russ like the most mobile, but like he, I mean, he I gets out think, when he needs to. I don't think he has the deep ball that Russell Wilson has or the arm strength, but uh, I think he's got a little bit of the like running around type of thing, just not as much of the deep ball, more uh, quick passing game, like almost like a Drew Brees. But uh, I think I think he's going to be really good. Sure. Yeah, and then I think too. Yeah, Burrow definitely is going to be like that consistent guy, like you said. I I kind of like Kirby's comparison. Upwards is kind of like a big Ben, like six five, tall in the pocket, hard to bring down, scrambles when he needs to, but isn't like looking to scramble that often. And then we're talking about like a younger Big Ben here. Now he's not scrambling too much, but yeah, I think a lot of these guys have a ton of upside. And Burrow's definitely not going to lose you any games, but I'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, and uh, one more thing on the NFL next week, guys. We've got Philly versus the Giants, two of the worst teams in football, but this game is huge. Uh, for for the uh, NFC East, and whoever wins this is going to have a, you know, a, kind of a front line spot to win that division. And uh, don't sleep on Danny Dimes here. I'd love to see him win that game. But uh, <laughs> and then also Seattle at the Rams. That's a big game too for uh, 
the NFC, and I think that that will clear some things up about those two teams. So uh, for more on those games, check out the top two TV top twenty five games to watch week ten. I'll write about those as well as the uh, two TV weekend spotlight, all on two two TV sports dot com. Uh, check that out. And before we get started here with our picks, um, always check out the Instagram at two TV sports and the Twitter at two TV sports as well, uh, as well as two TV sports dot com. And hit that subscribe button. Uh, I know you guys have have enjoyed this pod, so uh, hit that subscribe button. You'll get it in your feed every week. Uh, let's get to our picks here. And before you get the uh, Tosh and Jerry's Tosh and Jerry picks, let's turn it over to Drew. He's got a uh, lock and upset of the week for us. Drew, let's give a, give us your uh, lock first. So my lock this week is the Bucks minus five and a half against the Panthers. Uh, we talked earlier about. Brady pretty much getting embarrassed last game, and uh, that's not going to happen twice in a row. He's going to come back. He's going to fire this team up. He's going to get them ready. And the Panthers are without Christian McCaffrey next week. So, Bucks minus five and a half. That's my lock. I love that out of you. I was I was so close to taking that game, but uh, the five and a half just worried me a little bit. But uh, you know, I Brady's going to have those guys ready to go. Lot they lost uh, to the Bears last time they lost, and you know what they did next week. They came out and uh, smacked the Packers around. So I uh, love that pick out of you, Drew. Um, why don't you give us no. your uh, your upset of the week now? I'm very confident. Upset. Uh, it's technically basically an upset in the books here, but I'm going to take the Chargers over the Dolphins. They're on, Dolphins are only two-and-a-half-point favorites now. I thought it was more when I checked this. But uh, we were talking about Tua and Herbie. Uh, I think Herbie takes this one. I, I actually love the Chargers in this game. I like that one, too. I, I was uh, close to taking that. I think Herbie's the better QB right now, and taking a better QB is never, like, a bad thing. Like, the Chargers have a yeah. decent team. It, like, the Chargers are going to be in the game. Like, will Anthony Lynn blow another game? I mean, I wouldn't put my money on him not blowing another game, but uh, <laughs> I think the Chargers, the Chargers are going to be in this game, and, <laughs> and uh, I like that pick. Well, the Chargers are going to be leading that game going into the fourth. Uh, it's just a matter of where they hold yeah. that lead. Uh, that should be a fun one. I kind of like that one if they manage to hold off, of course. Credit to the Dolphins' defense. My lock of the week, the third guy in this new quarterback class that we're looking forward to watching for the next 10 years. My guy Joey Burrows, Joey Covers for the Bengals, taking on the banged-up Steelers. Uh, you know, they barely got by the Cowboys last week. That's probably because they came off a really tough game against the Ravens. They want to take it easy and not get hurt. They managed to squeak by there, but, I mean, dude, the spread is 7.5. It's the Bengals-Steelers. Like, Big Ben just tweaks both of his knees. I have no idea what his status is. And then, like, a couple other guys aren't practicing this week because of the COVID list. Uh, give me Joey Covers all day long, 7.5 against the Steelers. Yeah, I, I really like that pick. I think the uh, the Steelers might lose that game, to be honest. Uh, they always – I thought it was going to be last week, boys. I thought it was going to be last week that it was the classic Mike Tomlin letdown Steelers game where they lose to a team that they absolutely should not, and it, like, costs them the one seed, and they lose at, on the road in the playoffs. But uh, that didn't happen last week. That might happen this week, so I like that pick, Jerry. What do you got for your uh, lock of the week, Tosh? So my lock of the week um, – I, you know, I hate to do this to everyone, but we're going to put our money on Baker Mayfield here. Um, feeling pretty dangerous this week. And uh, the Cleveland Browns are three-point favorites against the Texans oh at home. Uh, the Texans are just not a good football team. Like, they barely beat the Jags last week. 
Uh, I don't think they're a good enough team to win two games in, in a row. I really like Kevin Stefanski. I think he's a good coach coming off a of bye week. Nick Chubb should be back. Um, and I know there's like the Baker talk. He might not play, but I think Case Keenum it is not much worse than Baker if he has to go. So um, I don't think the Texans are going to keep this game close. I think the Browns are just going to run it down their throats and probably win this game by like two touchdowns. Oh, this one, this one scares me. I don't know about that. Putting, putting my money on Mayfield's tough. Um, you would think like Cleveland would have an advantage, but I hate betting against Deshaun Watson. Drew, what do you think about this one? Yeah, that's that's a little scary for me. I honestly didn't realize that Nick Chubb might be back, so that gives me a little bit more confidence in your pick, Tosh. But I generally would just yeah, stay you know, as much the as as much as. Uh... All these analytical guys and and a new school thought is that the running game and running backs don't matter. I think in this game it will matter. And and when the team runs for over probably 300 yards, I mean the Texans' run D is god awful. And uh, I think the Browns are just going to run it down their throats. And uh, I I like I like Baker. So my my money's on Baker. I think your best bet is if they do run the ball. Yeah, I mean yeah, if you're looking at fantasy guys, Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt both need to be up near. RB ones to for them to keep that game in the win column there, but enough of us <laughs> doubting the Browns and telling them to keep it on the run game off of a bye. Uh, my upset of the week, Tosh, we did it last week. Went back to the well. Love coming back to the well. Got burned on my Seahawks because my lock. So this week, I think it swung too much. This line, the Seahawks are taking on the Rams. They're dogs by two and a half points. Now the Rams definitely have a better defense, but. I don't trust Jared Goff at all. I mean, I know he has weapons all over the field, but it's just a matter of where he can get it to them. Uh, you know, Seahawks defense definitely doesn't strike fear in you, but their offense does. This is a divisional game. I think it's pretty big. If Seahawks are going to stay at the top towards that NFC, uh, looking for the one seed. So uh, once again, I'm riding with my guy, Russell Wilson. My, uh, lock, my upset of the week this week, Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I don't like this one at all out of you, Jerry. Uh, Sean McVay. I absolutely love yeah, it, Jerry. I got to I got to Sean McVay off the bye, Jerry. You want to go against that and put your money on the Seattle? I don't think the Rams are going to be stopped in this game. I think they're going to, going to, the Rams are going to put up 30 at least. Stand up. If Aaron Donald can, can uh, force Wilson to do a few turnovers, I think it'll be a pretty similar outcome to last week. Game of the week right here. Drew, what do you think about this one? I love the Seahawks. I love it. I love DK Metcalf. I love Russell Wilson. I, I, don't, I don't like Jared Goff. I love the pick, Jerry, all around. Goff is bad against good defenses, which we've addressed the Seahawks defense is Swiss keys. And uh, I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a, a close game and I think it'll be an offensive uh, shootout, but you know, I don't hate it. I mean, the Seahawks is underdogs is like, you know, they, yeah, they're speaking of that, the over. I think it's at like 56. I think I saw it was 56. So it, both teams are going to have to put up 28 and then a little bit more. So that's, I like it's that. a little high, but yeah. I do like that. that over. High, but, uh, yeah, let me get to my upset of the week. Jerry, you're going to hate this one. I'm taking uh, MVP candidate, uh, an NFC East or an AFC East team that Jerry's been calling bad all season. I'm taking the Bills on the road. Uh, against the Cardinals. The Cardinals just lost to, to the Dolphins, another AFC uh, East team, and I think the Bills are better than the Dolphins. Arizona, they've got Kyler, but other than him, I mean, their defense isn't great. Their running game isn't great. I think the Bills are going to be able to put up points in this game, and I think Sean McDermott's a good coach, and he's going to be able to kind of um, 
make a defensive plan that doesn't allow Kyler to just run all over the team. And, uh, and yeah, I think the Bills are a good team, and, and, and I like the Bills getting points here. All right, you mentioned NFL can- or MVP candidate, and if it's going to be anyone, it's Kyler Murray in that game. Uh, uh, so I've been wrong about the Bills all year. I'm personally not going to bet the Bills. I like the Cardinals in this game. I just like watching the Cardinals more. I'm much more in favor. I have a favorable view of the Cardinals, although they did just lose to the Dolphins, and we all just said kind of the Bills might be better than the Dolphins. We're not sure yet. Um, so it's going to be close. It's going to be really entertaining. Uh, I'm just not putting my money on the Bills on this one. It's it's uh, it's definitely a risky play, but I think uh, the payout's pretty good, and, and I think the Bills are the better team. Um, and for, there are picks. So, uh, Drew, what are your thoughts on that on that Bills one? I don't hate the Bills pick. Um, I'm not gonna, you know, throw my life savings on it by any means. But I, I think if you're gonna go with an upset, I think that's a good one to go with. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think uh, the Bills and the Bengals were the two I was deciding between. But uh, all right, well, there's our uh, lock and upsets of the week. You we got two more throw-ins from Drew, so uh, have some fun with those, and we'll be tracking those games. Uh, stay tuned for next week. Big NBA draft next Wednesday. The Golden State Warriors, my Warriors, the number two pick, get another star to pair with Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Wiggins. Um, I, I kind of hope it's James Wiseman, but uh, we'll see about that. We'll be there to, to break it all down after the fact. Um, Drew, thanks for coming on the pod. It's fun to talk some sports with you. Um, anything you want to get out here before we sign off? Uh, if you haven't hopped on the Chargers bandwagon, sponsor filling up. You don't <laughs> have much time left. That's all I got to say. I'm on. I'm on the bandwagon for sure. <laughs> yep, I know I know you're on Tosh. Sherry, I don't know if you've officially been on, but you're running out. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Love Herbert. Gotta be rooting for him every week. <laughs> Definitely. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and as always, check out 2TVSports.com and be on the lookout for all the stuff we've got going on there. Uh, and for now, 2TV Sports is signing off the mic.